1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Radio.
0: Hello, and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Samantha Fay. Deb Bowen is still out celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday, so I have our lovely friend Joel with us this evening. Hello, Joel.
2: Hi, Samantha. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being on with me. I'm so grateful to you, and I'm so looking forward to discussing disgusting that's nice isn't it discussing (laughs) our topic which is the pain and so we're going to be talking about how um, pain especially physical pain can often be a source of enlightenment and breakthroughs for us if you are new to the show I just want to say welcome thank you for finding us we're happy to have you with us Um, if you're returning to the show just want to say welcome back um, when I was celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday this weekend, I really did keep all of you in mind um, around my dinner table, just sending you all prayers and loving thoughts and just gratitude because I just really love the family of listeners that we've created on this show, and it just I'm just honored to be a part of it with all of you. Um, as you all know, those of you who are... Um, listeners to the show, we do a crystal of the week um, where I just kind of introduce a crystal and talk about how it relates to our topic. Um, And Joel and I were talking about what crystal we should do for tonight's show on the gift of pain, and I kind of had a hard time because there's so many different um, crystals that are associated with helping with pain. There's um, a really good reference book I'd like to recommend by Judy Hall called Crystal Prescriptions. And in that book, you can just look up, um, you know, by an alphabetical index, your physical pain, and then she will direct you to a recommended crystal or crystals for that pain. So that's much more specific. But one of the crystals I wanted to discuss tonight is to call bloodstone. I believe I may have mentioned it on a prior episode. Um, so forgive me if any of this is repetitive. But bloodstone is a very easily found... Um, crystal. It is green quartz that is flecked with red and sometimes yellow jasper. Um, It is a powerful healer. Bloodstone is believed to have mystical and magical properties. It um, is said to confer the ability to banish evil and negativity and to direct spiritual energies. It stimulates dreaming and is a powerful revitalizer of energy. It even says that it can revitalize the mind if you are mentally exhausted. And I don't know about you all, but after hosting all my family for four days, I am mentally exhausted and will be turning to Bloodstone. (laughs) (laughs) Bloodstone gives courage and teaches you how to avoid dangerous situations by strategic withdrawal and flexibility. Um, what does that mean? It means that it kind of helps your intuition know who to stay with and who to stay away from. It assists in adjusting to um, any unaccustomed circumstances that pop up, such as having to move suddenly or having to switch jobs suddenly. Using bloodstone um, in meditation or wearing it helps to reduce irritability, aggressiveness, and impatience. Which means it would probably be a good car, a good stone to keep in your car too. Huh, Joel? Yeah. Um, in terms of physical healing, Bloodstone is known as an energy cleanser and an immune stimulator for acute infections. It stimulates the flow of lymph and the meta- metabolic processes. It revitalizes and re energizes when the body and the mind are exhausted. It purifies the blood, detoxifies the liver, intestines, kidneys, spleen, and bladder. It benefits blood-rich organs, regulates and supports blood flow, and aids the circulation. So as you can see, it does a lot with blood flow um, issues because it is called blood stone. So I also would like to just recommend um, carnelian. Whenever I'm feeling out of sorts, um, I will often turn to carnelian because it's such a general um, and powerful cleanser and healer. Um, I also would like to recommend blue kyanite um, whenever most nights I just will meditate with my blue kyanite blade Um, so those are two other stones I'd like to recommend do you have any that you want to throw out there for physical healing
2: no those are good I like the um the carnelian that is that's a good addition
0: okay good so um I want I, I have so many different areas I want you and I to go into with this discussion. Um, And I think where I want to start is just on how so much of yours and my um, experience with pain has kind of dovetailed, and we've been a nice support system for each other. You've been dealing with some pain that I know you're going to address in a little bit, um, and I've been dealing with some pain both of us have been having pelvic pain, both for different reasons. Mine is just a um, a lovely side effect from the anti-cancer drug I have to take for five years. Um, and yours is possibly from a nerve issue, is that correct?
2: Yeah, from neuropathy, uh, peripheral neuropathy.
0: Peripheral neuropathy. I'll spell that in the chat room, not. <laughs> 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 um, but one of the things that I know you especially have been trying to focus on is finding the positivity in dealing with chronic physical pain because it is debilitating, it is exhausting, and it can lead to feelings of depression and sadness and isolation because a lot of people don't understand, unless they can physically see your pain, unless you're like throwing up on their shoes, um, very often people don't have They don't understand what's going on inside of you.
2: That's a good point. They don't. And um, I think that leads to problems for uh, people who suffer from chronic pain, both with uh, their spouse and loved ones, their family, um, friends, as well as their employer. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes it very difficult to keep uh, constantly needing to take off or do certain things for work or not being able to actually do your job if you're suffering from chronic pain, but yet you look – uh for all intents and purposes whole.
0: Right. Exactly. So that can make it hard to be um for for other people too to be aware of it and, and sympathetic to it.
2: Exactly. And exactly. so
0: that leads that leads to a lot of emotional complications to feeling, you know, in, in pain. Um and so I just I just think it's important if you know anyone who is in chronic pain, um just to ask them from time to time, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And if you are in uh, chronic pain, I think it's important not to judge your loved ones and your friends and your coworkers if they forget, because we're all caught up in our own stuff every day. Exactly.
2: And, you know, for for other reasons as well, um, you know, the, imagine, um, well, you know, I don't have to imagine. <laughs> I know how much it hurts, but... But, you know, your your friends and loved ones, your family members, um, if they're not suffering um, from a similar situation or can't readily empathize with you um, for that reason, it's extremely frustrating. Um, it's frustrating for loved ones, for friends, for family members to... Um, You know, you want nothing better than to help somebody that you love and to take care of whatever's happening to them and rid them of that pain or that bad experience, whatever it may be. So imagine how frustrating that is when there's someone that you love that is experiencing that and you can't help them. Yeah. You know, and you don't know whether to talk about it or not talk about it. You know, is it best left unsaid? Will it stir up, you know, are you trying to ignore it? Um, Oh, I didn't mean to bring it up, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it it puts them in an odd position. And and so it's important to be sensitive to where they might be coming from as well.
0: Yeah. I think that's I think that's important. Do you want to talk a little bit about how your pain started and how frustrating it was cuz you didn't have a word for it for so long?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't really know for sure how it started. I think that that will always be a huge mystery, but um it's guessed that it was as a result of, um, obviously, a trauma to the lower spine or to the um, sacral area, so it's like your your SI joint area, and um, it could have been from an over-manipulation of another therapeutic process, um, but it can't be certain. And so it's one of those things that just slowly began to rear its head um, in the form of pain. Um, and, and you know, without knowing, um, you continue to do the things that you've always done. So you may, you know, go to a chiropractor or do some particular type of exercise or something like that. And that's precisely what I did. I, I kept trying to alleviate the pain, um, by getting physically adjusted and manipulated um, when that was probably not the best thing for me to do. And it just exacerbated it until it finally um, got enough compression on those nerves to hold it there for um, quite a long time before it has begun. It's just now, over the past couple of months, begun to ease up through a process called dry needling. Um, Can you I'm explain seeing a, a specialist little bit
0: here. for people that might not have heard of it?
2: Yeah, so it's, um, it's similar to acupuncture in, um, with respect to the fact that you're using needles or they're using needles on you. And what's different is it's not based on the meridians of the body, but is instead based going directly into those areas of the body where there may be trigger points or extremely rock-hard muscles that are potentially, in my case, um, compressing the nerves. And what they do is driving the, the needle into the muscle tissue elicits a response from the spine that causes the spine to send a message to the muscles where they constrict and hold on to the needle because obviously they've just been pierced. Um, and it's believe it or not, it's not as painful as it might sound. Um, the removing of the needle from the muscle tissue. It's just pushed in, moved around intentionally, um, and not violently by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And when it's pulled back out, that elicits a response from the spine for the muscle to release. So what's happening with dry needling is it's basically, in my case, re-educating the muscles to let go because they've been holding on for so long. Wow. You know, from what I understand, after um, after there's damage to a particular area in the body, the muscles will actually form up like a shield and become very protective, especially in lower back areas. People that have had back surgery, I've heard that it's a common thing there, that um, that muscle tissue will just basically um, become like concrete, um, really sealing off and protecting that area.
0: So that's giving you some type of uh, release from the um, from the constant chronic pain.
2: Correct, correct.
0: I think it's really important to, uh, we'll get to the emotional um, and spiritual lessons of pain in one second, but I think it's important when you are in chronic pain to not uh, stop seeking, you know, to continually look for what it is that's going to help you. And I really feel that it's different for everyone you know reiki works for some people acupuncture for others needling for you cranial sacral for some others uh weekly massages for you know you've got to find what works for you
2: you do and you have to find somebody to help you um understand what choices you should be making and
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and that's a hard thing to do um uh, you know I live in a very large metropolitan area and I found one doctor who basically has become sort of my pain management doctor, if you will, that has really, um, she herself has done nothing, um, well, she's done a tremendous amount from a guidance standpoint, but she doesn't work on me physically. Um, so she she saw me initially and then started me with various um, physical therapists uh, as well as um, some prescriptions to address the physical tension that's generated by um, neuropathy or neuralgia. Wow.
0: Okay. So, don't give up on trying to find um an out like like a an outlet, that's not the right word. Um a a way to alleviate your pain. But while you are going through the chronic pain, I think it's important to focus on some of the positive things we can learn about ourselves, our strength and our inner our courage as we're going through it. Years ago, I was reading a book on spirituality, and I cannot remember the name of the book, so I apologize. But I just I just remember this. Um, I actually wrote it down and, and stuck it in another book, so that's, that's helpful, I know. But um, it says there are three gates to enlightenment. Choose your gate. One of the gates is suffering. The other gate is gratitude. And the third gate is surrender. And sometimes I look at that, and I wonder does suffering lead us to gratitude? And does that then lead us to surrender?
2: I think the alleviation of suffering would certainly lead us to gratitude. Um, you know, <laughs> I immediately went for gratitude because it seems easy and painless um, to be thankful and truly thankful um, for for anything and everything I can think of. Uh, but I would believe that that an alleviation of of pain for a lot of people would um, certainly take them to a step of gratitude. And it it has taken me there, I'll tell you.
0: Well, I think sometimes suffering can lead to gratitude because it eliminates the nonsense in your life and helps you to focus on what's really important.
2: That's the truth, yes. It brings you into the minute for sure.
0: Yes, it brings you right into that present moment and you can really focus on what is important. You know, I remember when I was going through my big uh, cancer scare and facing all those surgeries, I used to always hear those people uh, say, well, at least you have your health, and I'd be like, crap, I don't even have that now. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) what do you do without that? I mean, it's, it's really a scary, frightening place to be, but it does help you to focus on... Okay, this is what I do have, and to be grateful for what it is that you that you have. So I, I think that suffering can lead to gratitude. In that respect, I think it also helps to put very clearly into focus
2: who is there
0: for you in your in your world.
2: It you know, does. The you're right. That
0: step forward to help you. It's it's amazing um, to to watch that unfold.
2: It is. And and again though, I think um uh just leveraging from that point, um I know for myself, um I can never after you know, when you when you go through chronic pain or for me personally having going through chronic pain your behaviors, you can have some pretty wild behaviors when you're in a lot of pain, um, especially when you start to lose, rest you know, restorative sleep. Um, it's affecting you from a work standpoint, from a social life standpoint. So you, you have a much lower, and, and you're constantly in a triage mode of coping with the pain and trying to function as normal. And so when you find yourself in that situation, you will have some unusual behaviors and there's a lot of cyclical behaviors to chronic pain Um and i experienced every one of them classically um, which i found kind of funny but but that's not uncommon to have and and again i could never sit in judgment of anyone after some of my behaviors just because they were so erratic and i thought you know i'll never know for sure um how somebody else's behavior that I may or would no longer try to comment on is a result of the same thing, their yes. inability to deal with the situation um you know seeming manic one moment and depressed the next. you never know what the cause of someone's behavior really is and and I know personally I can never sit in judgment again.
0: Yes, I do think that's such a uh, such a positive aspect that does come out of dealing with pain is that it does alleviate that judgment of how other people respond to things. And that's that's a good thing if you can, you know, sit there and say, you know what, I'm not going to judge the fact that, you know, she's calling in sick four times for this because I, I've been there. I know what that's like. Right. Um, and so, yeah. And, and, I, go ahead.
2: And, well, I was going to say, and like you were saying, there are people who will rise to the top. Uh, to yeah. help you and, and be assistful, at least there were for me. And there were some that I could tell that it was a painful situation for. Um, and, and it might be because they were dealing with something, so I passed no judgment there either. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's really what people are capable of handling. If you're finding yourself in a situation where you're dealing with a long-term health issue or um, even a short-term health issue that seems to be uh, getting out of control, um you know, take full advantage of those people that will rise up and, and lend you a hand. Um, but don't be quick to pass judgment on those who aren't because there may be a very good reason. Like pain affects everybody. It doesn't just affect you. Um, it, it affects all the loved ones around you. Um, and it can be hard for them to deal with that. So just, so don't, don't be too harsh on them. It, it may just be too much for them to bear as well.
0: That's a really good point to make. Don't take it personally because when you're in pain, you're already feeling kind of lonely and isolated, and then if you take a friend's n- not-so-great reaction to your uh, suffering, if you take that personally, that's not a good thing. Right. And I think it's important to, um, t- to not only eliminate judgment for those around you, but to eliminate judgment for yourself.
2: Absolutely.
0: That's something that I still really struggle with. You know, when I'm when I'm having a day where um, my this medicine that I'm on, tamoxifen, it just makes me, every two weeks I grow like cysts and fibroids, and they're very, very painful. So two weeks out of the month I feel great, and two weeks out of the month I have just a lot of pain in my stomach. And when the pain is really, really bad during those two weeks, I still continue on as before. Do you know what I mean? Like
2: I do. I
0: don't sit and rest and put my feet up with the heating pad um it's like I don't know how to give myself permission to do that, and so I do feel that pain comes to us often as a teacher, and obviously, the first time around when I had the breast cancer, I was given um lessons, and I think I learned most of them um hopefully. But obviously I have not learned all of them because I'm still dealing with this pain issue. And I do think one of the lessons that God is trying to teach me is self-care and self-nurturing.
2: And that's you an know. important lesson.
0: Yeah, it really is. And so I, and I think it's important to not be judgmental. If, if you need a day off, take a day off. And that's something that, like I said, I'm struggling with, but I'm trying to, to work through it. Um I just I want to read a quote and just, and just have you respond to it. This is from C.S. Lewis. I, I often turn to his writings when I'm feeling a little lost in any area of my life. Um, he says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our consciousness, consciousness but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world and i do think that there's some truth to that. You know, i do feel that god or higher power, however you want to term that, is always talking to us. But when we're dealing with pain, that's when i feel god is shouting at us that there's some type of message that we're not getting. And a lot of people believe um especially um there's a great book i want to recommend called Love Medicine and Miracles. Uh Um, by a surgeon named Bernie Siegel. Uh, That book helped me a lot. I've read it three times now. Um, But he says in there that um, if you look at your pain, whatever it is, whether it's um, cancer, a gallbladder attack, a heart attack, whatever, he said go back three to five years before the point of pain and you will find a trauma. He said every single time. And he said it takes about five years, three to five years, for a trauma to work its way through the different energetic levels to get into that physical uh, area. And I just found that so fascinating. And he had all these different case studies, and he would find the trauma within three to five years of the onset of the physical pain. And five years almost to the date of my breast cancer was my husband's shooting when he was injured in the line of duty. Um, so I find I just find that fascinating. So traumas, whether they are emotional, psychological, or physical, uh, they do end up needing to be dealt with um, on so many levels throughout our energetic bodies. And in that book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, he does talk about how don't judge yourself for the pain. Um, as a metaphysical person, that was really important for me to hear because I grew up reading... Um, you can heal your life and right. i constantly reference her work to look at you know what is the emotional cause behind any physical pain i have and somehow i take that on as blame you know like if you look up breast cancer for example it will say like need need to need to love yourself more um, and need to stop like overmothering and God knows I overmother everyone. Like I think that's why I have four pets and counting and <laughs> you know, constantly coddling my kids. And so I looked at that and kind of took some blame on, you know? And I don't think that's good either. That's not the point of pain.
2: It's not good, and I found myself in that same exact situation. So as I would be in some of my most agonizing moments, I would do the same thing. I would start thinking, okay, what have I done? Why am I so out of balance? Where did I go wrong with this? Um, what am I holding on to? Why am I all my muscles so tense? Uh, I, I was doing the very same thing and I had to stop a minute and start looking at it from a different approach for me personally and the reason being is because it did feel so negative, it did feel so punishing um, and, I, and I think at that point um, it, it was counterproductive altogether when you're, you know, obviously anybody who's in chronic pain, the last thing you want to do is beat yourself up and so i had to start thinking to myself okay i'm being prepared for something this is not uh, this is not a punishment from an imbalance but instead i'm being prepared for something and so i you know and that and that was the only way i could process it was that mm-hmm. um it was a preparation experience for either the next phase i have to go through or deal with but it was it was that felt more comfortable than constantly looking back at what did I miss or what did I do wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because really, what is where is that going to take you?
2: Correct. Now, I will add that um, you know, as as part of chronic pain, one of the big steps for me was to go through that. There was a, a big epiphany and a lot of benefit of going through that emotional evaluation. Uh, of looking back into my past at those areas where I neglected myself emotionally uh, and physically and and go through that experience. And I did benefit from the journey, but to keep going back and looking at it for a, an answer of stopping the pain right now is what became uh, a little counterproductive for me.
0: So reflecting on it but not ruminating in it.
2: Correct. So reflecting on it um, did take me back and and let me look at a part of my life where I didn't get to experience things the way that I should have emotionally and held a great deal of emotion in. Mm -hmm. And that was a very beneficial experience, and I'm very glad that I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't, and to a degree, I'm sure it was healing in a way. But it wasn't the miracle that I was looking for to stop the pain, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, and so didn't. I had to just quit looking back after I after I did spend enough time processing through um, to understand where in my past, I mean, really go back and look at your past and poured over different things that I had done or said or didn't do or didn't get able, you know, um, not able to say uh, at the right time. Once I went through all that, it was a very beneficial experience, but um, it wasn't what I needed long term.
0: Right. I agree. So look at possibly the emotional background to the pain, but don't don't sit in judgment or self-blame with that.
2: Exactly. Don't dwell on it. You know, look back and heal from the experiences and recognize, um, you know, where you may have not gotten to express yourself completely emotionally. uh Um, But don't dwell on it. It's not serving you a lot of purpose beyond that.
0: Yeah, well said. There's, you know, a lot of um, metaphysical and spiritual people will say that all physical pain is caused from repressed emotions. And I do think that there's some truth in that. Um, you know, I've mentioned before that there's um a couple of negative people in my family and my sister and I always laugh and joke that they never get sick. Ever. And my sister and I are all oh, like we, we try so hard to be nice and we try so hard to be giving and to volunteer and to be spiritual and all of that. And you know, we're the ones that are like plucked down with these <laughs> with these big physical things. And some of the not so nice people in our family who are very self focused, they just breeze through life without a pain in the world. And we were saying it's because they yell and scream and get it all out and we're sitting there going, Oh no, no, you go ahead, you're you take you take that parking space. No, no, you go before me. Sure you can cut in line. You because know, 'cause we're trying so hard to be nice and yet, um, that's not realistic, nor is it I don't know what the word is. It's not honest because we don't, I, I don't want to speak for my sister. I don't feel nice all the time, even when I act nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, I there do. are times when I'll give something to someone else that I'm doing to be nice, but it's not necessarily because I feel like I want to be nice. It's because I feel that that's what's expected of me. Right. And, um, that could be a repressed emotion, and I and I also think too the, that some people who have some pain and, and physical issues um, are very focused on being liked by others. Like for me, it's very important that people like me, and if someone doesn't like me, I I really take that def, I, I take that the hard way. And I'll tell you, I bet most people listening to this are going, "Well, yeah, isn't everyone like that?" No. My husband could give two, you know, what's if you like him or not. He doesn't care. My mom's the same way. They do not care if you like them or not. They just put it out there, and if you like it, great. And if you don't, you can go you where And <laughs> a part of me kind of admires that because I don't have an ounce of that. I'm like, do you like me? Do, should I, you know, should I do this instead? Should I dance? Should I? <laughs> it's like, what do I do? Exactly. So I think that's a part of um, the issue too with dealing with with pain, is to look at yourself and look at, you know, what are you giving out to the world and what are you repressing from yourself?
2: Right. I, I, I did find myself um, personally as it wore on, um, less and less could I be uh the pleaser and the accommodator. Um yeah. so I couldn't always be the person that stepped in in every situation and tried to keep things calm and cool and relaxed and people not getting upset and you thing. know stroking people when they were getting tense. I I just had to begin to avoid um those situations altogether because it was just um counterproductive to um it, it basically exacerbated the pain cycle. Right. So um what I learned is is For me, um, anxiety and pain go very much hand-in-hand. And so you you become anxious when the pain flares up and the pain is bad, um, and you're not sure when it's going to calm down. And during that period of time, <clears throat> you naturally become anxious, you begin to have a physiological response from the pain. The cycle from that is is that um pain can be a byproduct of anxiety, and so you you get all tensed up um and you then you get anxious, well then you get being anxious, you tense up even more and and it just becomes this ridiculous cycle that stays in place and um i I like a calm world and a calm environment and um, I don't like confrontation, and um, so I'm always trying to smooth out other people's feathers and keep things calm. And I, I just couldn't do that any longer. And so at work, I would start to bail on situations where typically I would have stepped in and calmed the waters. And um, and and I just couldn't do it. And how did that it was feel? Was it healthier uh, stopping?
0: Yeah, that. but did it? But did it feel uncomfortable in the beginning?
2: Oh, yes, it did, absolutely. Yeah. I felt like that's when I began to judge my behavior, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, what's happening um, here? Um, you know, you're, you can't deal with anything. That became my um, my mindset is I just can't deal with anything. And what I realized was, ironically, um, a lot of the behaviors that I was exhibiting and questioning were actually um, very appropriate behaviors to being in chronic pain and it's because they are a defense mechanism just like pain is um, you know it's important to kind of um, at least explain pain and I'll be the first to tell you I'm not an expert on pain I'm just an expert on my pain <laughs> and so I'm trying to learn about it as much as possible because it really is an interesting thing to kind of conquer and I believe it is conquerable to be quite honest but um, you know, you have acute pain, which is an exult of an immediate injury. You know, you cut your finger, you trip and fall and bust open your knee. Um, you know, you you're in a car accident, God forbid, and hurt yourself, and and that's acute pain, and it's the body's defense mechanism of signaling an injury to a particular area of the body, and that particular area of the body has a life expectancy for healing. And when it goes beyond that uh, estimated sort of duration for the healing time, it slowly starts to become chronic. And for some areas of the body, they believe that if you're experiencing pain for three months or greater, that it is chronic. In other areas, they believe if it's six months or greater, it becomes chronic. Um, and that's where it starts to become interesting because, you know, everybody. your natural, I don't know, for me it was natural, but um, I kept thinking, oh, this is going to go away, you know, another trip to the chiropractor and this will be gone, even after it had been there for three months. It's like, okay, today I'm going to go in and this is going to get popped just right and it will all go away.
0: <laughs> that doesn't always happen. <laughs>
2: it doesn't and that's where we begin to avoid pain and ignore it and that's not healthy either
0: right now tell me this you were talking about this cycle of anxiety and pain and anxiety have you found a like a positive way to alleviate that anxiety
2: in the beginning it was um it was basically um i self isolation um mm-hmm. so i couldn't deal with um because I tend to always put on a fix-it hat and people see that, I get a lot of people who are coming to me letting me know what their problems are. Um, right. And so I couldn't. I realized I could no longer um, deal with that. So a lot of it was self-isolation. And that allowed me to just dwell on me. And if I read, or believe it or not, just flipped on the television and watched a documentary or something, it would slowly begin to take my mind off the pain and I could relax enough that... That it would be starting to become beneficial, and I was doing something that really was beneficial um because it was allowing me to relax um you know the work environment can become very stressful, and so can certain relationships and friendships um especially if they're very codependent um they can become very stressful mm-hmm. you know I'd have coworkers who all they'd want to do is gossip and talk about the last crisis that just happened with their boss or my boss or somebody's boss. And and I could feel myself tensing up just in the mere conversation. Um, So that was what I began doing. Um, Cognitive behavioral therapy has become a big um, tool for dealing with chronic pain and dealing with the cycles of pain and helping people begin to sort of contain their pain. And when I'm saying the word contain, I mean to really um, manage it. Mm -hmm. so that they're no longer um, having an anxiety about, oh, how do I feel right this moment, and doing a full body scan to see if they feel anything, or waking up to that sensation of, of, okay, do I feel better than yesterday or worse than yesterday, and how do I feel right now? And all of that is a byproduct of chronic pain, that sort of hypervigilance of turning inward and constantly checking on yourself and the thought is through cognitive behavioral therapy that you'll begin to manage and just live in the moment. And if you feel a little pain flare up, you'll do some breathing exercises, but you'll have a way sort of in your toolbox, if you will, to manage the pain and start to get out of that cycle of anxiety and pain and anxiety and pain and depression and inactivity. Uh, There's a whole sundial, if you will, um, that just keeps spinning for a lot of folks who are living in that cycle.
0: You know, and I I do think that pain is a message for us to um to slow down, to take care of ourselves, to unplug a little bit. And it's funny because as I was saying before, I tend to ignore those messages and just keep on keeping on. Mhm. Uh-huh. And when I do, things will just kind of explode around me, you know, like I'll be I'll sit down at my desk to get through my emails and my computer will say, can't connect to the wireless router, and I'm looking at the wireless router, it's on, it's, conne- you know, <laughs> I'm like, <Right. laughs> okay, I think my guides are telling me to just you know unplug right now, and that's so hard to do, but that's, that's one way. You mentioned cognitive behavior therapy. I think also, you know, seeing a therapist and talking about it to someone um, is so important, too.
2: I, I would say, yeah, and that was something I did. Um, I th- My pain really started, I think, I want to say it was around August of last year, and Mm -hmm. it took me from August to January to finally get properly diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, And prior to that, um, I was just living with the pain and couldn't figure it out. So in that length of time, you know, a lot of stress builds up and a lot of frustration. And, you know, what I realized is, and again, Friends and family are wonderful, and if if they're there to help you, that is fantastic, but you can't pass judgment on if they're not because it is a very personal issue and it affects them just like it affects you. I mean, they're watching you hurt, yeah. and that's very hard. And yeah. some people can't handle that, and that's yeah. okay. But right. that's why it's good to have a therapist to talk to and to also go back and share with them if you haven't begun a process of, uh, checking back on yourself emotionally over a period of time to see um, where you may have shorted yourself um, or you had gotten shorted in the process, that there's somebody there to work through some of that with you.
0: Mm-hmm. And just as we were saying before that you've defined which modality works for you, whether it's acupuncture or needling or um, you know cranial sacral, you might have to go through a couple of therapists before you find the one for you. You bet. So don't give up, you know, the first time. But I do think it's very healing, especially for us givers, um, to give that hour to ourselves once a week, once a month, twice a month, whatever you can afford. Um exactly. And there are a lot of therapists who will work on a sliding pay scale with you if you do not have insurance. You just have to call and ask. And sometimes if you call a therapist and ask and they say, you know, no, I don't do that. Usually they'll recommend someone who does. So don't let the price necessarily hinder your search. Um I wanted to just pause for a minute if I could to mention that we are sponsored by Audible Books tonight. Um they do have um Bernie Siegel's book on there or in their library, love medicine and miracles lessons learned from self healing from a surgeon's experience with exceptional patients again, that's by Bernie Siegel. I cannot recommend this book enough for anyone dealing with with the trauma of pain and trying to learn from it. um you can find that at audible dot com if you go to audibletrial dot com backslash psychic teachers, all one word. You will get a free one-month trial of Audible, um, and as I've said before, it's just a wonderful service. They give you the book if you don't if you if you download the book to your phone or your iPod or whatever mobile device you have, your computer, and you don't like it, just email them, and you can pick another book without any um, cost inhibitive being applied to your account at all. So you can always switch out a book if you don't like it at any time for any reason. So I recommend that you all try it. It's a wonderful way, especially in this winter that we're heading into. It's a, it's just a wonderful way to get through the sometimes the drudgery of commuting, <laughs> housework, <laughs> exercise. Um backslash so psychic teachers. We're also sponsored by Peach's Gifts. And um, if you go to her website, it says 50% off every item. So how is that for a Black Friday sale that's lasting longer than one day? So Peaches Gifts um, has everything you need for crafting, for working on a scrapbook, um, so many wonderful things, cards, envelopes, charms, um, lots of different types of craft paper, um, Disney scrapbooking, uh, flowers, glitter designs—just wonderful, wonderful options for the creative in you. Um, if you go to um, Peaches Gifts, you will get 50% off every item according to her website. And if you type in the coupon code Psychic Teachers, um, you'll get the 15% off and a free gift and discounted shipping comes with every order as well. So please check out PeachesGifts.com, and we thank. Teaches gifts for their support of our show.
2: Yeah, and tomorrow's Cyber Monday, so that's really appropriate.
0: I know, I'm excited. Hay House is having a lot of good Cyber Monday deals for you all looking for some new books. Okay. Um I wanted to also mention a couple more quotes. Oprah Winfrey says, You need to turn your wounds into wisdom. And I like that concept that we can turn our pain into into some type of wisdom for ourselves, for others, for our future direction. Um, I think sometimes when we are called out, and and, and I really mean that literally called out, because when, when I when I'm going through my painful periods, I feel like, and, and I, I mean periods like as in time. I just realized what I okay. When I'm going through those those painful times, I feel like I'm running the Boston Marathon and I've tripped and sprained my ankle and everyone else is running past me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I do,
2: yeah. I
0: feel like I'm being called out of the game of life and it can feel very isolating. But I do believe that we can take those, those times that we're called out and we can turn them into periods of inner reflection and that can turn into some wonderful wisdom for us.
2: I think so too i mean i th- if we really from a gift standpoint um I know for me that um and and I still i think am getting gifted from it as I'm still um working through it is um it has helped me to um reduce stress in my life um and spend time with people um that are by nature really relaxing and calm and don't add to stress in my life oh, yeah, um yeah. And it helped me shed behaviors that weren't serving me both when I was in pain and out of pain, such as like one big thing for me was like, I'm like a super clean freak. I mean, I I have to just admit that to everybody. and so I, I, I mean, like a big clean freak and you know what, you, I can't clean the house if my back is hurting all the time. Um, it makes it a little difficult when you, when vacuuming or mopping or sweeping is painful. So I began to ease up on that. And, you know, I looked around and I was still alive. I couldn't believe it. Um, the world didn't come to an end because I wasn't fanatically cleaning. And, uh, and it had, like, it helped me, quit being such a workaholic. I began leaving at work at a reasonable time and um, and not owning so much stuff at work. Um, it, you know, I, I was no longer really the pleaser, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those, you start to see it will force behaviors, at least it did for me, um, that um, were, were necessary um, to feel better and get through a moment um, or a period of time and, and really, um, in an odd sort of way, I'm healthier for it, at least mentally and hopefully right. physically going forward.
0: Right. And so and so you've learned to kind of release judgment of others and of self. You've learned to slow down, to take care of yourself. Um, yeah. And you've learned that if you're not perfect, it's not the end of the world.
2: That's the truth, absolutely. That's, that's
0: some pretty good wisdom that you've been able to transform um from from the wounds that you're going through. I think that's important.
2: How um, did it affect you because uh, I'm curious because it definitely affected me. Um how did it affect you um intuitively and just your sense of connectedness?
0: Oh, greatly. Greatly Same here. Um it that was that's that's the hardest part for me was um you know that i i had to stop doing readings for a while i know you remember that cuz i talked to you about it so much i really couldn't connect in um because of the pain and 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 that was that was the worst thing i also stopped um dreaming i have i have a wonderful dream life where i i really feel that i do visit home um and and i stopped that i think i told this story before too on the air so i apologize if it's repetitive but i went to see a massage therapist who was known to be able to connect with your spirit guide while she worked on your body and i thought okay since i'm not hearing from my people since i'm not getting anything in meditation i'm not getting anything in my dreams um let's see what this lady has to say and um she did the massage, it was wonderful, and at the end she gave me my glass of water and, and she came back in and she said, well, I, I know who you are and I was really looking forward to meeting you and connecting with your energy and, and talking to your guides, and she said, but gosh, I felt no one around you. And I felt like someone had punched me in the stomach, you know? Yeah, that was really, really hard. Um, and I had to just remind myself, y- you know, all those little quotes you read on Facebook and Pinterest, it says, you know, when when the teacher is testing you, the teacher is silent. And I had to remind myself that for some reason God was testing me um, or the universe was testing me, and, and during a test, your guides have to be silent. They can't give you the answers. So I had to look to that as as my source of Strength and comfort and just try to find some answers on my own. But it it was really hard. And and to be honest with you, I still feel a little resentful of my guides for that time. I still have a little bit of a temper tantrum inside of me. Like, really, people, you couldn't have thrown me one bone?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, here's something. One of my most profound moments was, um, I'm assuming from a guide, um, was on a night that I had gotten yet another bogus diagnosis And I knew it. I I just knew. I mean, they just told me you have chronic pain and you'll have to live with it and take drugs. And I just thought, oh, you've got to be joking me. And so I came home and, I mean, it was just a ridiculously stressful night. And I took a super, super, super hot shower and just finally got into bed and laid down. And I started meditating just to try to, number one, to try to help ease the pain and take my mind off the pain. And number two, to just try to get some guidance. And, uh, I had this odd moment where I got this electrical charge in the palm of my hand um and I could feel it felt as if it felt like somebody passed a cigarette through my hand it was just so bizarre but it it wasn't painful it was just a charge and um and then this voice said it's not what you think thought, but but what is it <laughs> yeah, you know, and I just wasn't getting any more. That was about all the information they would relinquish. And I guess that was just either confirming that um, that I was on the right path by not accepting it, or that any conclusions I were jumping to were also wrong. Um, but but I think our vibration is definitely different when you're in chronic pain. Yes. Um, you know, you've, you've, you're you lacking of restorative sleep. Um, you're on drugs, which, which have an effect.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there There's so many things that folks who are suffering from chronic pain, there's so many different um, sort of ailments that spawn from the pain that can truly f- affect your sense of connectedness. And I had to keep reminding myself, the reality of it is, is I've not been abandoned and I'm still connected. It's just I'm not vibrating at a level to sense it or feel it. Um, and, And so that's how I tried to kind of get through that period. Oddly, when I would have these sort of euphoric moments and make a connection, they were more powerful than before. And I don't know if that's because I had gone so long without having them.
0: Yes, that Um, you were grateful for them when they did. Oh,
2: gosh, yeah. It was like a day at the beach. I mean, it was just all of a sudden kabam, and I couldn't stop talking about it. It would be like the first time you ever had that sort of intuitive moment.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, too, that we don't... I I don't think you and I ever take that for granted. um, But I do know that I had come to... uh, rely on that sense of connection. Sure. And it brought me a lot of comfort in my life, just feeling like I had this team around me that was guiding and supporting me and helping me stay on path. And when I didn't feel that, um, it was probably one of the scariest feelings I've ever had.
2: Yeah, it tests your faith.
0: Yeah, it really, it, it really does. It really does
2: test your faith in your belief system. Um, it's It's funny... Um, you've got to also remember, um, you know, or at least I had to, and I keep saying you only because I want to be um, hopeful that this is helping somebody, but mm-hmm. um, I know for me it's for the particular type of nerve compression that I had, it brought on an anxiety um, and, so, and caused every muscle in my body to be completely rigid. So the best analogy I can give, which is the one that was given to me, is that uh, – every waking moment, my body was bracing for a train wreck when all I might be doing was sitting down to watch television. And so, you know, when you're in that state of mind, it's like an uphill battle to try to get into a a meditative state. And I had used to be able to just meditate by, you know, shutting my eyes and tuning things out, and I could get there pretty quickly. And I had to basically re-educate myself to meditate using guided imagery CDs, um, or or something off YouTube to kind of get back there
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, because I couldn't get there on my own.
0: No, I, I personally
2: couldn't. couldn't.
0: I couldn't either. I, I found what helped me a lot was just positive um, escapes. Yeah. So rather than reading like spirituality books and nonfiction and something to grow my brain, I, I would just read fun fiction. Um, I watched movies, I talked to my friends, I, you know, went out and got my nails done, I had lunches, I took a yoga class, you know, like, I just things that helped me to escape from the thinking about the pain or worrying, you know, for me, I had so many um, procedures, like, you know, I had two biopsies and three surgeries, you know, it was just a lot, and just worrying about the results of all of that and the recuperating and blah, 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 um, and then just the anxiety constantly um that that you live even after you go through something like that I mean sure. I, I, the worst i think uh, what's what do i what's word do i inheritance I don't know the worst residue of of my pain was and is um hearing about people who had cancer and then it comes back right, and that's where so much of my anxiety um you know, stands in, and and it's funny because I'll just try to tell my doctor this, like, because he'll say, like, well, how are you doing, and I'll say, well, I'm fine, I still have the pelvic pain, and, you know, and and he wants to give me a hysterectomy because that'll stop it, and I don't want to have a hysterectomy, and then he wants to give me Xanax because that'll stop any anxiety about the cancer coming back, and I don't want to take, so- you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> the yeah, way Western medicine deals with things is to numb <laughs> it out or cut it out.
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: And I don't want to numb it out. I want to feel my feelings, whether they are good or bad. I think that is the key to health is to just feel your feelings. Yeah, and they they
2: really say um, that one of the best ways to address and to heal from chronic pain is to... It requires a change of behavior, which is hard in any situation to start changing your behaviors. It forces what you won't change, believe me. But, um, you know, you do have to change your diet, Um, exercise, breathing, um, behavioral therapy. Uh, There's a lot of things that you will need or I will certainly um, have pulled in and will continue to pull in but that are recommended for um, a positive address of uh, chronic pain. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And don't, you know, again, for anybody listening, if you're feeling disconnected or if you're feeling like you've been abandoned, um, it, it really is just unfortunately a byproduct of the pain. And um, and you will get through that as you begin to manage some of the pain. So once I was able to manage the pain, I was able to start making an intuitive connection again um, and could have those conversations that I was so needing um, and missing that seem to be absent and then all these amazing little synchronicities began to take place. So when they when it does come back, it comes back in a flood, like it's almost like they're dropping off all this mail you haven't read.
0: Yeah. Um, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: it's like look what you've missed. Um but but don't give up hope um if you're experiencing that.
0: I think that's such an important message. Don't give up hope and remember my favorite phrase, this too shall pass. Yeah, and it It shall. It does
2: get better. Um, It it just, you know, I think the thing that was most frustrating for me is that I was not anyone who would, I mean, I had a medicine cabinet that only had some aspirin and sometimes some, like, Comes in it, but that was the only thing that's ever been in my medicine cabinet. And suddenly, I was, I was, you know, going to see all these different doctors and getting these prescriptions that I would take for a while and then throw away. And it was just, it was pretty stressful. And it will get better. You will have to go through a period um, of not expecting a miracle, which is what I was expecting. And I think the miracle really was kind of getting through it and going through the learning process in an odd sort of way.
0: That is so important. I I was kind of, um, like, arrogant about my health. I remember I'd go to the doctor and they would say, like, are you on any medicine? And I would be like, nope, no, I'm not. (laughs) Like, I was very, like, oddly proud of that. I remember, like, checking through the forms, any surgeries? No. Any allergies? Nope. I mean, I was just, it was such an assumption I had um, about my health. And, yeah, now when I go to the doctors and I have to check off all those boxes, I'm like, oh, Great. So I, oh, I, I know.
2: And, you know, the thing, there, that arrogance, I mean, that does happen. And, you know, it's important. Chronic pain can come from something as simple as a car accident and stay with you for quite a long time, or anybody for that matter. Right. So, um, so even though you maintain a program of wellness, um, it's important to be tolerant of the possibilities, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, you know, there's – um I was trying to find this one quote that I love, but I can't. Um, it, Rick Warren said it. It's something about how, you know, if, if God can make a diamond out of a charcoal, he can make something out of you and your pain. Uh-huh. And there's, a, there's another quote by Bob Dylan where he says, behind every beautiful thing there is some kind of pain. And I, and I do think it's important to remember that out of this pain, something beautiful is going to grow inside of you and is going to come out and you are going to exist and flourish in the world in a new and better way than you did before this occurred. I really feel that about you and I really feel that about myself and I feel that's true for everyone.
2: I hope so. That's a, I mean, that's a wonderful thought to have for everybody and I think it's a very inspirational thought. Um, I can attest, and i 'm sure you can too, that I certainly got to know myself a lot better than I had ever planned um, to know myself um, inside and out because you do, do it 's like an archaeological dig um and and you you do learn a great deal of your, about yourself going through a process like this.
0: You do, and I think that's really important. And, I, and you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, those three gates to enlightenment, suffering, gratitude, and surrender. And I, I just think we could all spend this whole week meditating just on those concepts because suffering can lead to gratitude and gratitude can lead to surrender. Or we could just start with gratitude, <laughs> bypass the suffering, right?
2: right well you know ironically there um as with regard to surrender um one of the the sort of uh instructions of dealing with chronic pain is eventually they advise you to surrender to it to meet it head on
0: mm-hmm. to quit
2: avoiding it to quit pretending that it isn't there um and recognize it
0: right um, quit questioning so that it, be, judging you, you it you
2: can begin to address it
0: i th- i think that is such a really such such a good point Joel, thank you so much for joining me for this show. I hope that you and I have inspired people who are dealing with pain or who have dealt with the trauma of pain or surgery, um, that there really is a purpose to everything and that wisdom and beautiful inner growth really does occur um, from every bit of pain that we have to experience in this journey. I would agree. I
2: absolutely agree. And I hope we've helped some folks, too.
0: Me too. I hope you all have a great week. As you go out into the world, please don't forget to be the light for everyone you meet, but especially for yourself too. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next week.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Good
0: night.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can.